You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This, Celia and I discussed our trip we took last week to Camp Omega with the Flow Genome Project, everything that we learned, the connections we made, and what inspirations we took back. Enjoy the show. Hello, beautiful listeners. Hello, beautiful humans. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Joya here. And this is Reverend Celia. So honored to be here with you, and thank you for listening today on uh, August 2nd, 2020, 8222. Yeah. Interesting. It's a 14-day. It's a 14-day, which is actually a five. A five. Yes, it's a five. Yeah, it's the number of freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um. Celia and I, instead of reading chapter three or beginning lesson three from the way of mastery, want to recap our week that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it does. That we just got back from together. Yes. So why don't you kick it off and share where we were? Well, we were up in the high mountains um, of Colorado. Um, having a really incredible opening, tenderizing, um, integrating experience with the Flow Genome Project. Um, What was the actual name? Camp Omega. Oh, that's right. Camp Omega. For some reason, I just had a total blank. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm like, what? Um, It might have been Camp Omega, but for Celia and I, it was Camp Omega and Alpha. Oh my gosh, which was like the most interesting experience ever. The integrated alpha (laughs) (laughs) in the Omega. So we left on Saturday. Yes, we left on Saturday, early morning. Actually, no, in the afternoon. Late morning. It was so funny because Spirit was like, do this and then do that. And and then we kept renegotiating our time. I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to get on the road when we get on the road. It was a weird day. And like, and the full intention that we both had set was I said, on the way, I really want to stop at Shiprock. Yes. And play my drum. Like I have this thing that I want to go and I asked Celia, I said, let's go to all the sacred Sacred sites sites, in the world and play music and chant. And so the intention was that we were going to do that. But then the freeways were closed. Spirit had other plans. Spirit so had other plans. We ended up going to the petrified natural forest. (laughs) But before we do that, I was watering my plants, waiting for Joya to come pick me up. And I have a collection of Jasper. And this one Jasper rock was like, take me with you. And I'm like, no, I've already packed all the crystals. (laughs) (laughs) And then like maybe five minutes later, as I'm turning off the water, because that's where the collection of Jasper is, it's, it's like, I have to go take me with you. And so I was like, okay. So I pick up the big Jasper rock. (laughs) This thing's big. (laughs) And I'm like, and it's Australian Jasper. It's beautiful. And it is beautiful. It's very heavy. Um, 
I say to Joy, I'm like, this rock has to come with us. And she's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> just said, come. I have to come with you. So, you know, that that seems a little crazy when you talk about like rocks that speak to you. I but, get it. Like, I know you do. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you listeners will understand that too, that like the rock wants to be the rock wherever, right? So yeah. it's a foundation piece. Yeah. And I, the foundation of Jasper is it represents feminine energy. Mm and the feminine flow. And so when we're driving through the petrified forest, so back to the petrified forest, there is a space in the petrified forest that is all the Jasper about, forest. It's the Jasper forest. And, and it was like, oh, wow. So we got to go ground and chant. And it was super windy. Oh, it was so windy. And it's just like blowing. It was like a blowing off literally. Yeah. Of any kind of doubt for me, like mm. any kind of doubt that nature is speaking through me all the time. And we took off our shoes. We did. And at the Jasper Forest, we yes. took off our shoes and we stood on this big rock and we chanted the awe together. And both of us could feel the vibrational pull. And the pulsing. And the pulsing. Oh my God. Up through the feet. Yep. Oh, even talking about it now, I have the chills. Yeah. And what was so fascinating is that now it took us forever to get to where we needed to be uh, that night in Cortez. We stayed the night in Cortez on our way to Meredith, Colorado. And it took us forever to get there that day. We wound up spending an hour and a half in Walmart trying to get flashlights. <laughs> that we didn't even that use. We didn't, need. we didn't need the external light. We did not because we were the light. Whoa. And it was just like, wowza, wowza, woo-woo. So we grounded. We were really grounded. And then we wind, the next day we wake up and we're driving to Meredith. And that whole ride was so beautiful. It was stunning. It was a little rainy. We stopped and we got beautiful peaches, palisade mm -hmm. peaches from a region there. And we didn't have time to, to meander too much because we had a deadline of when we needed to arrive in Meredith. And um, I loved the um, social responsibility that Camp Omega offered. Like as soon as we arrived, we were greeted and um, oh, COVID just, tested, and we were COVID tested to make sure that everybody, you know, there was being socially responsible mm -hmm. with everything that the world is encountering at this particular time, which I thought was beautiful because they set up a nice container so that everybody would feel safe. So then you're safe to hug each other and, and, and just get like to know each puppy other. pile and yeah, and cuddle and just just be with one another without that having to be in the way. Yeah. And so it was really great because we were both COVID free. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. After all that driving, we better be. Oh, 12 hours uh, in the car. Yeah. Yeah. So this place, we wind up at this place called Bayul Retreat Center. And <gasps> wow, just so magical, so beautiful. On the land is this, all these cabins you stay in or the main lodge. It's Silly. 32 acres of absolute pristine Heaven. Heaven on earth. Yeah, big, and, beautiful trees, a river running through the property. And an ecosystem of like mushroom life. Yes. And, and yes. all the food was um, organically sourced from local markets, local farmers. I mean, it was just so beautiful. This, the container it. that they created at Bayul was absolutely very beautiful. And then um, the retreat itself, or it wasn't really a retreat. Sorry, Jamie. It was not a retreat. It was a camp. <laughs> it had a very... Um, 
very full schedule of classes and where to be and what time combined with afternoon embodiment practices, which were really lovely. And um, then you would have dinner and then go back to more more sessions in the evening. So the whole day went from like seven in the morning until 10 at, 10 at night. night. So it's a very full day. There wasn't a lot of space for downtime. And so I, I decided to have self-honoring choices. And instead of going to the second, I went to the first embodiment class every day after lunch but instead of going to the second one, I skipped it because I my oh I want I needed my own embodiment practice, which was to go put my feet in the river, go walk by the river, go drum by the river, go sing at the river, just go walk and explore by the river. And I'm so grateful that I gave myself that time to for silence, right? When you're with 60 other people and there's nonstop talking. I think that we were 83 people all together with the staff and like all of it. That's a lot of energy to run. It's a lot of energy and it's a lot of noise. Lots of noise. Lots of noise. I I too was like you. I skipped the second experience in order to um, nurture myself in different ways. Some days I rested. Some days I got acupuncture. Some days I just went for a walk, put my feet in the river as well, chanted, just meditated, doing my own prayer practices that I do daily that felt so compressed. Like, and we were doing such deep work Yes, in the, in the being present PS peeps (laughs) being present requires pristine energy and presence of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Otherwise, some piece is checked out. You're not so present. like yeah. being able to just like be in a space and land takes a lot of energy. It really does, yeah. especially when in terms of frequency, the frequency that that I might be running might be a different frequency than somebody else is running. And then you've got all that wobbly energy, like the when the wobbly energy shows up, yeah. like can I maintain my own equanimity within the wobble. And what was beautiful about that is that I I got to witness it and experience it all at the same time. Mm. It was beautiful. The whole week for me can be summed up in landing in this deep sense of knowing that the work that we, that I am doing in the world and that we are doing in the world is the work that needs to be done in the world at this time. These deep embodiment practices moving for me, it's very much moving from the intellect into my body, into my heart, taking these practices into feeling because as, as you know, back in December, on December 6th, when that question landed in my mind, what quality of consciousness do you want animating your body? that that really, for me, landed even more this past week. And I've been thinking about it a lot, that the body is simply a vehicle for your individuated consciousness that animates it, right? And so this question of what quality of consciousness do you want animating your body really landed with the sense that I want the quality of consciousness of love of curiosity and not like, Oh, I love you. Let's touch and hug. Not that fake other people love, but like the deep love of that comes from knowing that my nafsha is what's embodying my body. Not that, not that it's not 
nothing. I'm not a space ape traveling on a rock. No, I believe I'm a divine being that we are all divine beings that we are gifted and given the gift from the creator that sets us apart, that we get to be conscious of ourselves and that we get to be fully conscious creators, co-creators in this beautiful 3D printer world that we live in, that we get to manifest and create and that we manifest and create solely based on the quality of consciousness that we allow animating our body. And so when I look at my external life and I can see the beautiful friendships that I've created and manifested and not just with you, Celia, but getting to know Sarah, I'm, I'm getting teary eyed right now, getting to know Sarah and um, Carisha from mom use shout out to our beautiful soul sisters. We love you that we met that, that were such a reflection of what divine feminine friendship looks like. Yes. And I remember when I was watching them perform and Carisha just like was Sarah was started playing her flute and Carisha just put her hand under her chin and like did this little shoulder wiggle where she was like settling into her own body. Yeah. In deep appreciation and reverence for the beauty her friend was bringing forth. And I, right when she did that, I thought that's how Celia and I love each other. That's right. And that comes from a quality of consciousness. Yes. That doesn't invite competition. There's no like, oh, I wish I was doing that. Or, oh, she's going to steal something from me. It's a, it's this expansive love that comes from the creator that the more I am living in my body and in my feelings and in the purest expression as much as I can of my being at any given moment, that that invites you to be exactly the same and everybody to be exactly the same in their fullest expression of being that it becomes beautiful, like this beautiful garden of flowers that aren't like, oh, you can't be like that because that's taking something from me. It's not like that at all. The, the energy is so different. It's completely different. And I appreciate what you're bringing forward because I experienced the same thing. I have it <clears throat> as um, when I... I'm in my full holy I-ness, my whole I-ness, right? Like everything God created me to be, there's no fragmentation present, which means I could never compare myself because there's nothing to compare it to. We're all a spark of the divine living in the divinity of what we were created to be. And it's in that where it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you do. It is just what it is in the, in all that it is. It's the isness. It is so, <laughs> and and it sounds a little woo woo, and in but in my body, in the, especially the body I embody, like this body right here that has had a lot of um, injustice. I'm going to call it injustice, and um, a lot of separation that. None of that matters when I am in the essence of my being and I'm connected to the essence of the being mm -hmm. all the time, just like allowing that consciousness to embody my body. Then I'm always looking at somebody else's spark as the spark that I am. And in that, there is this massive amplification yes. of like the joy, the fun, the laughter, the loving is all present all the time. And it's mm -hmm. like, I could never 
be anything less than that. Unless there was something inside of me that would take over, right? A takeover by the ego, by the ego. And so we had this moment where I was just like, oh, I get it now. I, I get this part. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we get nothing. Maybe we get nothing. (laughs) And we have everything all the same time. Exactly. And therein lies the paradox. But there was this moment where I was like, oh, the point is to be triggered. Oh, yeah. The point is to be triggered AF and look at it and see what inside opens up in the trigger. It's literally... Um, acknowledging the wound. Yes, triggers are invitations for healing. Oh my gosh, totally. You can't be triggered unless there's a wound there. If there, and there's, there has to be something to poke in other in order for it to hurt. If you're poked there, yes, yeah. And then just noticing, right? Like, huh, this is interesting. This is interesting. <laughs> and like getting curious about why it hurts. Yeah. And what's in the hurt. And what is the quality of the hurt? Mm. And so it was really beautiful to watch the room pop. Watch the room pop. So we had this really amazing uh, experience where we got to have different speakers come in. And the awareness of guilt became so prevalent for me. That I, you know, what do we have to be guilty about exactly? Being human? Being born. You're born with original sin, according to religion. You're born flawed. You're born guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And then like if your parents, God forbid, have sex outside their marriage and create a baby. That's my story. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. You're extra (laughs) guilty. I am extra guilty times two, (laughs) right? Like, oh, my God. Could I... (laughs) <laughs> I think we need a t-shirt that just says guilty on it. Guilty AF. Hot. Guilty AF. <laughs> and, and then just to have the awareness that guilt's been running my life mm. and just feel that. We had such beautiful conversations around like all of the things that were brought forth during this time. For, for you, it was the guilt. And for me, it was the. Um, oh, this is powerful. The feelings of unworthiness. And so when we did that exercise, so Jamie had some really beautiful embodiment practices to bring forth and some exercises, some I've done before um, in a different frame of reference. But of course, when you go back and revisit things, you're revisiting them with new eyes. You're well, revisiting it's a different them with, lens of perception. Exactly. Because you're not the same person. You're not the same person from the person that did the work before. Yes. You're in this moment. Exactly. And so presence. Th- presence. That's exactly it. And so this invitation for exploring our shame as leaders, because this is what's beautiful about this, right? To step into any position of authentic leadership and authentic authority, the first person that you need to lead and have authority over is yourself. That's right. And this shame for you, it was this guilt, this, this repeating guilt that kept coming up. And for me, it was this, um, when we did the shame exercise, it was the deep acknowledgement, the deep, the deep story running my fear behind everything was that if I don't maintain this belief, 
than my deep rooted fear that I don't even belong here. So it was like the this belonging. It was this deep feeling of the unwanted feeling that I've always had. That's mm. that's been the story running my story. That coming from a mother who constantly said she didn't want me, she wished she never had me, she wished she'd have aborted me. So it's oh. like when you hear those stories and and you're also treated like that, yeah, that you believe it when you're a little kid, right? And so then that's right. That's when I decided to leave my body, and we'll come back to that in <laughs> in a little bit later on. But yeah, so for me it was that um, that feeling of the unwanted feeling, and then asking, is this true? Am I unwanted? No, I'm not unwanted no, because what. I want wants me. And what I want wants me because That's I'm right. I'm the creator of my experience here and getting to be alive in its own is just a sheer miracle if you really think about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It most definitely is. For me, when you say that, I'm present to the the little one inside that has self-abandoned, mm, right? Like yeah. been taught to self-abandon for the approval of what is outside back to the skin, right? Like in the skin I'm in and, and, and the guilt of the skin I'm in. Mm -hmm. So what I loved about what Jamie was bringing forward was like enslavement and how we have been slaves in, in not only in society, right? Like, but enslaved within ourselves. Totally. And so allowing (laughs) yeah for the freedom to ring literally within our bones in the bones Mm. in the essence of our beingness like man (laughs) yeah i'm hearing like this whole like the whole invitation the whole work the whole point of shadow work if you i'm doing it with quotations whatever you want to call it is the reclaiming of the whole iness, your holiness. And Jamie's Jamie had this thing about, um, what did he say? Our job as human being, homegrown humans, he calls it, which I love that. And then he says, our job is to create the good, the true and the beautiful is how he worded it. But in yes. the way of mastery, yes. this is in the way of mastery. It, it and it says our job is to create the good, the holy and the beautiful. And only what's holy is truly true and that my spelling for holy is whole I, W-H-O-L-E-I, my whole I-ness. That, that's when I can only create what is good, what is holy, and what is beautiful is when it comes from the whole recollection of all of the missing parts of myself and bringing them all back together as one unified being. Meaning that you're not separate from any of it? Nothing from nothing in myself and from nothing outside of myself. And there you go. And that's how I have it too. And I think that that's why this week was so powerful was to be able to be in the room with all these different thought leaders from all different all continents. Over the world, they yeah. were all, this cohort was so beautiful, Very so powerful. diverse and so powerful in the gifts that they each one had. And what I loved about it, I, was that I wasn't separate from any of it. I could see myself in each one of the people there. Mm-hmm. When the controlling showed up, I was like, oh yeah, I've been that controlling woman. Ooh, we. You can only Lord. recognize it if you have, you spot it, you got if it. If you spot it, you got it. And it was just like, 
the compassion, right? Like this was where the compassion was just like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've been that woman who's been yellow carded and outed. Oh yeah. I've been that woman. Me too. And I've been that woman who's made a new choice. And I've been that that man who just let my heart break in front of the whole room. And I've been that man that just hid my heart and pretended I was fine. Exactly. Yeah. Or I've been that hard like Whatever that is, yeah. I'm doing. She's this, doing muscle man. I'm pose. doing muscle man pose. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me, wrong pipe. There's there's just so much beauty in understanding like how and where I have been, and in that finding the grace, like he spoke about grace, which mm-hmm. I just loved because. Grace is actually the way. Yeah, grace is the way. And embracing what is in front of me in any given moment keeps me present to that grace. Mm-hmm. That life is living me. I am not living the life. Like, right. the life is living me. Yeah. I, You know, another aspect of this camp I thought was really fascinating from um, my point of view of being, having spent the last... <laughs> Of the last 30 years of my life on my own healing journey from like truly seeking to heal from all my trauma from childhood, it's been 30 years, actually, because I'm 51. So it's been 30 years of a journey of healing, right? Wow. Yeah. And that 25 of those years. Were you conscious of that whole, that whole time? Yes. That's what you were doing? Yes. So fascinating. And I sought to heal from... Purely from the intellect. I, I sought to heal myself from my brain because I was my, my uh. brain is the problem. My <laughs> thoughts are the problem. My mind is the problem. How many books did you read, Joya? Thousands. <laughs> I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on personal development. Yeah. Tony Robbins, all of it. All, I've done all of it. Yeah. I've read thousands of books. I've, I, I've done all of the intellectual work that needed to be done. And still, I was not free. Because, and you and I had talked about this not even six months ago. Not even. That I was like, we were talking about being heart to heart. And Celia is such a feeling person. And I am a much more, I was a much more intellectual person. And so what I would say, honestly, when people say open their heart, open the heart, I don't even know what that means. I remember this conversation. I was like, I don't, I can't do that. There's a wall. There's something there. There's a block. I remember you sharing that with me. And I, so just, I want to just acknowledge that, that you're putting that out there because it's true. Well, and I've started, I 40 plus days ago was when I decided to give up binge eating and give up binge drinking, give up drinking. I was like, I'm going to be in my sober self so that I can feel and experience everything. So that I know what's there. I don't know what's there because I'm numbing it all the time. And so my question to myself was, what if I just be with what is? Yeah. And so at this camp, it was really fascinating to be dipped in the intellectualism of a lot of it. Like, here's all the problems of the world. Here's the research. Here's the data. And some of it, I was here's like, the statistics. here's the stats. And a lot of it I agreed with. But then a lot of it, I was like, I've done equal and opposite research that's equally valid. Yeah, me too. From the other point of view. Mm-hmm. So lies, lies, and statistics is what I said to, <laughs> I said to Celia. So it's like, take what you need and dump the rest. What I did love was the embodiment practices. And we did a breathwork practice. And that's the point that I want to share here is that um, the breathwork practice that they introduced was a, a tense and release where you make yourself, you keep your muscles really tight till you burst into shivers and your body starts convulsing really in, in um, which I did that a few times, but then I said, this doesn't feel good to me. 
This doesn't feel good to my body. I don't like this, this rough handling myself roughly. And I decided to just do a gentle hip rocking practice, which I have been doing with um, shout out to the workout witch on Instagram that she does these trauma releasing exercises through gentle hip motions. Yes, the hips carry us forward. That's right. So I had laid there and I was doing the breathing practice and just gently rocking my hips the whole time. I had my knees up, like they said, I had my knees in. So there was a little bit of tension there still, but I was just doing this hip rocking practice with this breath work practice. An hour worth of breath work. An hour. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, and this is a very personal thing I'm sharing. And I'm only sharing it because for people who've been through a whole mega shit ton of trauma like I have and who have felt disconnected. Yes. It's okay. Just let that come up. Who have felt disconnected and especially being highly intelligent and highly intellectual and being able to hide in my own mind. <laughs> hide in the mind. Right? I can hide behind my, my intellect. Yeah. That instead of doing that, I felt myself pop back into my body. I felt this missing part of myself just return. And I started like feeling my arms <laughs> and it was like really touching myself for the first time. And I, and it was at the end of it that this happened, like toward the end. And I was just crying and crying and crying. And then I rolled over on my side because it felt good to be on my side. And Celia was on her side too. And I just looked at Celia and I said, I'm back in my body. Like you were the first one to see me. I did. And it was really intense. And I am so grateful. Um, to Jamie and to that and to his wife, to Julie for bringing that practice into this group setting. And that I felt that I was in, like we both agreed that we were there. We're like, we're in, we're doing all the work here. And, um, that experience I'm super grateful for because it's a practice that I want to incorporate into the work that we're doing yeah. with people, with sound, with art, with um, vo vocal empowerment and dancing and dancing and drumming, and drumming and chanting, chanting and breath work and hip rocking yeah. as part of those healing modalities because wow, it works. It does work. I, I, was so honored to just witness that experience of being on the mat with you and just seeing your face for the first time and your awareness that you were fully present and not checked out. Like, like you were there and you're here now. And yeah. it's just <laughs> like, and then the tenderness, right? Like we spoke about the tenderness and, and being in that quality of being gentle with oneself and, and connected and it's really, really beautiful. And I, I understand it. I mean, I have, have been doing breath work for quite a few years and I got to study with Lynn Sheridan and Bill Cros or um, John Crosby. they teach all over the world mm -hmm. and um in and in opening myself it's been a it's been a long time since i've been through a group led breath work practice like that but it was beautiful to be able to understand that i was also holding space while i was in the work like 
and that's part of the that's part of the experience Hmm. i'm like since i've been back in my body i'm like i feel all these pains (laughs) yeah that i didn't notice before that i'm just like oh my gosh like were my shoulders always this tight was interesting yeah it's really fascinating to be like fully present and then to not escape from it right yeah to just be with what is that's right and then um our coming back we went to we graced ourselves we gifted ourselves with staying in telluride at a beautiful hotel had a delicious dinner we did and then went to bed early really early like i don't even <laughs> i think it was still light outside when we hit the too. pillow because we were so exhausted yeah. like there was a lot of inner work and i just noticed that mm-hmm. it, and part of that is the expansion right giving time for the body to integrate the information and having the come down yeah into which my come down has lasted these last few days same and and i'm still in the process i still notice that there's that there's the tenderness that's present and i think this is my new normal my my new normal is the tender Tender is a nice word. Tender it means a, a lot be- of different things. It means a lot of different things. It sure does. Currency. It is a currency. Tenderness is a currency. That you tender a boat. And you do well, and then how you tend, nurture. Yeah. Right. Like it's just tend. like it's just like being able to be in the space of nurturance with myself mm. and be in the gentleness of my own touch. Wow. In the presence of, you know, people think that we've spoke about this before in a previous podcast about how people mistake softness for weakness when really it's the tenderness that is the savior. If I can come into the tenderness within my own heart, I can offer the tenderness to somebody. And this is the truly softest gift ever. Mm. It's where resilience lives because brittle things break. (laughs) And so when I think about my divorce, my sister dying, you know, my cousins being brutally murdered. murdered, you know, I mean, these are things that I don't offer lightly. These are things of where I have found profound tenderness in humanity and forgiveness and how I've been able to learn to trust the tender part of me that is connected to the allness in life. It's almost like, um, wow, I'm just having this vision in my mind's eye of the amount of light that we're capable of shining is equal to the amount of darkness that we carry or have been exposed to or have lived in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's my experience on the the flip side of, you know, watching people free base, you know, at age eight or, um, you know, just being exposed to elements that are um, mind-altering, soul-altering, you know, those things open the portals into different realms of energy that that can be distorted or have distortion brought through. And, you know, up until now, I haven't really talked about any of that yeah. because there has been a great deal of shame, humiliation, and guilt. And like, if I share those things, right? Like if I share about, are you okay? So I'm in pain. Yeah. Ooh, 
yeah, I'm just like having this weird shooting pain. Mm. Interesting. Do you, what do you need right now? Nothing. It's just weird. Just acknowledging it. Yeah. Okay. Just keep, I just keep getting like this strange shooting pain up my solar plexus. Mm. Whew. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. I'm present to what's present. Yeah. <laughs> keep you going. know, all of that happened. Yeah. You know, and, and the point is, is like in the sharing of it, it actually creates space within the community for other people to say, yeah, I've seen people freebase too. I didn't know what it was at the time. I just knew like what the effects were after, you know, and then right. what animates the body, the consciousness that animates the and body. And you can witness it change when you see somebody doing drugs or yes. getting drunk or, yeah, you see yes. that, you see it change. Or when they get angry, yeah. like in the progression the of what happens. Yes, there yeah. is a vacancy. Yes. What shows up for me, what I notice is the vacancy because it's a veil. It's literally a dark veil that comes over. Hmm. And being able to be present to it. When I was little, I could sense that in people and I would speak to it. And 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 now as an adult, you know, being able to like, I'm able to put myself in my beautiful cube of light, you know, and understand what I'm an energetic match to and what I'm not an energetic match to. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And and to each their own and every all of it is okay. Yeah. None of that none of that is I do not label any of that as bad. I do not judge it. I just allow it to be whatever it is. It just is what it is. Yes, and yeah. I get to be what it is I am. And I don't need to compare it or deny it. I just embrace it. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody had asked me at the at the space, at the retreat space about just being so open and speaking about trauma and all of those things that I've experienced. I'm like, how do you do that? And like, because I, and I said, because I'm not ashamed of it anymore and no one can shame me for anything. I'm not ashamed of. Right. Yeah. I, I totally hear that and I completely get it. Yeah. And, which is part of the reason I'm open to doing, we woke up like this in <laughs> yes. the first place. Because yes. People need to understand they're not alone, that they're not alone and you are among us yeah. like it was so so powerful to witness you know how separation how the disease of separation yes has absolutely polarized and um been convoluted through the language that we use in our society through the interpretation of what it means to have skin through um the North versus the South, just mm. your geological location, Tribal, tribalism <laughs> and tribalism yeah. and like capitalism and the trickle down, like being Religious, able to see the religions. tiny drops of water mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how that ecosystem gets continually fueled. Yes. And yeah. understanding that I don't have to play by those rules. Like that's actually not why I'm here. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because you're talking about, um, the shame and the, and in the shame exercise, they had everybody write what they're most ashamed of or what's shame, what, what's present for you right now that you want to throw on the fire. Yeah. And, um, and then anonymously people just draw it and read it. So you're not necessarily reading your own, but what well, I, and they also reframed it and they reframe it into something positive, which was beautiful. Yes. Which was really beautiful. And I love that because 
that's one of the reasons that I do share my story so openly all the time is because it's extreme. It's <laughs> shame. On the level of trauma, it's extreme, but it's not as extreme as some people's trauma. No. Right? No, because there's always, my grandma told me, God love you, Grandma Rita. There's always going to be somebody who has it worse than you do. Yes. Right? And so, like, the point is, is not to compare, Mm -mm. but the point is, is to have the heart to embrace it and bring it through the heart. Exactly. And and own what's yours to own. And and leave the rest. And leave the rest. Otherwise, we're in over-responsibility. Right. And there is no comparing. And what is is somebody's really bad trauma that they've experienced is their bad trauma that they've experienced. There's no comparing. Like, oh, well, mine is worse. I win the trauma trauma award, right? Oh, bring me the trauma trophy. (laughs) (laughs) And some people think they need a trauma trophy. Well, I know. Yeah. Which is... um, you know, to me, I I have a great sadness in that, you know, because if we're always in our trauma, then we can never be free. Exactly. Exactly. Literally free because it's the body that holds the score. Isn't right. there a book? Uh, Bester Vandal Coke. The yes. body keeps the score. Right. Okay. Yeah. But the soul at the soul level of our essence, the soul knows no pain. No. The soul has no thoughts. Mm-mm. The soul doesn't do any of the stuff the body does. Right. It's the collector of the consciousness that drops into your body. Indeed. Yeah. So fascinating. Mm. And it's really interesting to allow that grace, the space for grace. And that um, I'm like, I feel like I was, I'm here to have lived and gone through a lot of trauma because now I get to be on the other side of it and offer the strength, the resilience, the love, the forgiveness, the compassion that comes from that. That's right. That's how I have it too. Yeah. And like, I notice that every single one, especially in the people that come to me for coaching, every single one of them is an opportunity to hold space so that they can say the thing that's true for them and really be in the embodiment of what's present for them. And because I continue to to do the work, to dive in right, and stay curious within my own self when something comes up, when there's a trigger, like what is that about? More growth. It's more expansion. It's higher levels of, of understanding of what's not actually understandable, Ooh. except for in how I'm connected to somebody else. It's deep connection yeah. that surpasses this that surpasses all understanding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And in that finding peace, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not alone. Ugh. I am among you. I am among you. And we were so meant to go to this because, A, right when we got to the retreat on the first night, there was this beautiful rainbow that appeared. Oh, gosh, the rainbows. Beautiful rainbow. The first night we were there and we stopped and we filmed a little video of us under the rainbow. We're like, oh, there's a beautiful rainbow. So then on the day that we left Telluride on Saturday morning, so a week later now, that was one of those beautiful, magical days of my whole life. Oh my gosh. This whole experience this last week. I mean, I've I've actually had two weeks of absolute magic because like, I just can't make it up. Right. It is, it is just in the being present to what it is, yeah. right? Like, yeah. and being with all of the spontaneous beauty that just is just waiting to be embraced and lived and seen 
and sung. <laughs> and on Saturday, I feel like on Saturday on our drive back, we really got to embrace this um, and practice being in this space of winding, which I had never heard this word before, oh, yes. W-E-N-D, which is to allow the flow to lead the way. So it's like the way, the way is the way. The way is the way, which showed up in the retreat, those words. Yes. And we got to be in the space on Saturday. So we're leaving Telluride and we decide to drive down this dirt road and we wind up at this beautiful little nature conservancy place right on the river. So we walked down to the river. We put our feet in, put of course. Put feet in the river. We chanted, of course. Then we take off from there and we're listening to music and we're talking and we wind up at this adorable little place that we get a cookie, the most delicious cookie ever. <laughs> so we munch on this cookie. I mean, I don't even know what happened, but it, so many things happened. We went to Shiprock. We drove out on this dirt oh, road. and then Shiprock opened to us. And then Shiprock opened to us. So that's right, because we wanted that's to go right. the Saturday before. But now the wind and the way is the way. Actually, we weren't even going to go to Shiprock because we were going to go the back way and then the GPS rerouted us because of floods, flood conditions. Flash flood warnings. And so it rerouted us through Shiprock. And so we said, well, since we're driving through Shiprock, why don't we find the way to actual Shiprock? And then the road was wrong. So then we got to we trust just kept driving. that if we just kept driving, <laughs> we would go where we needed to be. Yeah. Right. So it was just like we had this whole conversation about, well, should we keep going? And I was like, yes. Yes. I think we should just keep going and just trust the path. And then sure enough, this dirt road opens this up. This dirt road opens up and there's like six other vehicles in there. And we're like, we, yes! we're like, we can do it. We took the infinity off-roading. Yes, <laughs> with all of our stuff in the back. And part of it had, they had been having lots of flash floods yes. and um, lots of rain. So like the ground was really smushy and silty. And watery, and um, Joya did a beautiful job. Thank God for all that off-roading you do, right? With my in your husband. regular Jeep situation yeah. with Tiger Hunter, yes. And <laughs> so, I, so I knew how to ride and where to go, and, and we did. And we just got to have the most incredible. <sighs> I mean, I can't even tell you how many textures were present in that prehistoric rock. That Ship wall comes. Right from the very center core of the earth out of a volcano. It's a, it's a volcano inside out. Millions of years ago. It's fascinating. And just to be there and feel that energy and like take off my shoes and feel that silty sand underneath that's like prehistoric sitch. This wall that grows along that just spouted up out of the earth. There's this At, It's wall. the crust of the earth yeah. on the earth. That surface. has formed a wall that is long. And I was like, imagine being in the covered wagons and you're traveling across this flat plain. All of a sudden there's this freaking wall and it's huge and it goes for miles. And we just, I climbed up to the top of the wall. I'm like, I want to go up there and just touch it. And how was that? Oh, my goodness. It was powerful up there. Well, just laying on the rock that had tumbled down the because I didn't have the proper shoes to be. She was wearing flip-flops. Uh, yeah, to go do it all. Um, laying on that rock, you could feel the vibration of the Good. earth. It was similar to what I experienced in the Jasper Forest. Agree, yeah. With just that, the pulsating of life that yeah. is within so we ended with we began with grounding and we ended End with grounding, grounding in a yeah. different place. And then when we were driving back, we get it roll into Arizona, and we're greeted <sighs> by another rainbow. beautiful rainbow. Which, um, hello, we're we're on the twisty turny road down from Payson, where there's not usually rainbows. 
No. And there's fog on the mountain. Oh my gosh. It was like Colorado came to Arizona. It was. And it was the way that the clouds were settling on top of the peaks of the mountains. Mm -hmm. the, the amount of beauty and the way that the sun was streaming and the rain was falling and the rainbow was rainbowing. It was just like, <laughs> it was, what? It was stunning. We were trying to get pictures and footage. It was hilarious. And I, I told Celia, I said, I really feel like this whole day has been a deeply rich reward. Yeah. For the work. For the work that we did all week of... I mean, the conversations that we had and, and the opening that happened and the confirming that oh. happened of the path and the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe like the sense of self-efficacy of like, I don't need to realign no. myself. For anything. For anything or anybody. No, no, you do not. Yeah. Like I'm on Nor my, I'm on my path. My way is my way. Yes. Because my way is now not led by my ego. No. And when it does show up, oh, I you know, know it the shows up. Yeah. Exactly. Of like, yeah. oh, what's running me in this moment? Yeah. It was a powerful week. And for Celia and I, I can I could safely say it was like a stamp of like, you're on the right path. Let the wind wind the way and let the way be the way. Yeah. And we know how to stand in the in the rain, and we know how to dance in the rain, and we know how to cry the tears. And we've both decided to, you know, that creating the community, creating community is the number one priority. Well, because we cannot heal without the community. And creating the all and giving and sharing all of the work that I've done in my whole life yeah. for your healing and growth and soul's growth, because that's the most important work on this planet right now is helping. And assisting, well, facilitating, guiding, here are the tools, do some practices. The other, um, a few weeks ago, I was having like, I do this writing practice for myself. And what came through was like, how will they know that you care if you don't share? Oh. And I thought, holy mackerel, like I share all the other stuff. Like, why wouldn't I share this too? Right? Like, yeah. 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 And you know what this is for me? It's uh, breaking down the pattern of withholding. Same. Breaking down the pattern of withholding, which means I'm giving the very best of myself. And I'm allowing the excellence and beauty I am to shine in the world, which is an expression of the whole I-ness. Your nafsha. My nafsha. Well, and that's our whole job, right? And I think that that's like the being in nature so much. Oh, and my gosh. Climbing out on those rocks and sitting in the middle of the river and just watching the water flow by me. Just I'm, And I would have my eyes like pick one section of the river and just follow it for as long as I can. And it's like life is so much like that. And then looking around at the trees and the birds and the flowers and how everything is just the fullness of its own expression that it can be. And I'm like, that is the work. And we're not doing anything. No, we just allow ourselves uh, exactly. to it's flow into the fullness of our being. space. That we have both, right? So it's like yeah. the feminine space informs me into the fullness of my being. And then my, my divine masculine energy is like, what am I creating in the world? What am I making? What's the pattern? It's the ma and the pa, right? So it's beautiful. the matter and the pattern. pattern all together. And creating and stamping like, this is what I'm concepting this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm conceiving this is what i'm birthing and this is what i'm doing to make it happen in the world yeah yeah so beautiful 
It really is. And I feel like that's the work of every human being is that full awakening process into the fullest, purest expression. Yes, the of, innocence of, of what it is. Of the good, the holy, and the beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I do too. So I'm super grateful to have met everybody that we got to meet at camp and just to be with them and to see my own reflection in them and then have the questions asked and the reflections given, you know, and to know that without our presence there, without our presence there, like their experience would have been altered. And without their presence with us, like our experience would be altered. And this is how we matter to one another and how we're deeply connected. Yeah. I just find so much yeah. beauty in that. Me too. So beautiful. Just being in the space of inner, of all of the energy and the, um, in a lot of cases, definitely divine masculine energy, divine feminine energy. For, for certain. So, much, so many strong, uh, futuristic, Thought leaders. Thought leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And to be in that environment and like, oh, well, we are that too, Celia. Yeah. Yeah. We Absolutely. And we to own it. Too. And, and, to own and it. like to be with that, just like to be with that, that I can ask a very powerful man, a very powerful question and <laughs> he will allow it and he will receive it. And then it'll let a, let it blow his mind a little bit. Yeah. And I want to share a little bit about that question because from being, I was like, oh, you go, Celia. I love it. <laughs> so we had listened to this big, long presentation about all the problems in the world, the thing, the problems that we're facing, um, ranging from climate to geopolitical to financial to you name it, it was presented. And then at the end of it, he was like, he said something along the lines of, what what do you say? Women need to get on board. He was like, I want to see more women. Yes. Yeah. I want to see more women get involved and get on board all these problems in the world. And Celia raises her hand and she goes, because spirit said, yep. Put your hand up. And I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh, <laughs> oh God, here we go. And, and so sure enough, it just shoots right up. And share the, share what you said. And then, and then he's like, what would you like to share? And I said, well, I'd like to offer you that maybe the opportunity here is that men would bring forward their feminine qualities to the world and and then that would you know solve open, the world's problems open the opportunity for the world to like be able to be having a different experience and and I asked it in the way of like did you ever consider yes. did you consider did you ever consider that maybe right. men need to open that maybe, their divine. And let me head. tell you, like the look on the man's face was like, I. Well, was, I loved what he said. He said he, he had this look on his face. It was like, whoa. And then he said, that is such a simple idea that I honestly never considered it. Yes. And then he kept considering it. And then he did keep considering it. And then later he stopped me and he, he asked me, he's, he was like, well, you know, why, um, why did you ask me that? And I said, well, spirit told me to ask you that question. And I said, why did you ask the question you asked about the women? And he's like, well, oh, actually, he's like, what do you think men need to do for women? And I said, um, well, men need to listen to women. 
And there seems to be something there about how men don't want to hear women and really they don't want to hear themselves. And so it's like an outside projection of, and this is how oppression, repression and suppression keeps mimicking itself in different ways within our society, because there's no willingness to hear what is being said. I have a great mentor. Her name is Lisa Kalman. And um, I've been working with her for about seven years now. And Lisa says that you're always speaking into somebody's listening. I love that. So if we're not able to hear, then we're really not listening. So it's like, how do we attune our attune ourselves to what is being shared so that we can be connected Mm. on all levels of our consciousness and not just the ones where we feel safe to do so. So his question, um, when I said that, and then I asked him, well, why did you share what you shared? And he's like, I listened to a woman, a woman asked me to ask that question. And I said, in his in response to him, this man's name is Nate, and he is a professor. Hi, Nate. Hi, Nate. He's a professor um, at the University of Minnesota, and I'm sorry to say that I don't have all my notes in front of me to like give you all the um, proper uh, intellectual data um, data data points <laughs> on what it is he teaches or how he teaches what he teaches. I can just say from my experience of meeting him. Um, that he's a beautiful man and a beautiful human being doing magnificent work in the world because he's saying difficult things and he's a holder. And um, that's what I asked him. I said, did you ever consider that the whole reason that you're the one who got the question was so that you could hold the energy for the other men in the room to hear what was being said? And when I said that to him, he had another like, aha moment on his face. And then to which I replied, you know, you have big dick energy and (laughs) (laughs) which if you're a man, that's a thing, which yes, that means that he, he can hold his own equanimity, be in his own question and allow for all of it to be happening while he's and it meant something to him. I saw it mean something to him. Yeah. And he's on his way last week, Wednesday, to Finland to do this huge presentation, which, by the way, he gave to us. Right. And he's how we understand the wind. Yeah. Um, That's his word. That is his word. That is his word. That's his consciousness coming online in the whole I-ness of what's happening on the planet. He's literally... um, A way shower. Yes, he is. He's a way shower so that the way is the way. And and opening it up on a global scale for us all to be in participation of it. It's fascinating that at the end of the solution is more feminine energy. At the end of the solution is more feminine energy. And it was beautiful to be called divine feminine in that space. Yeah. And it was beautiful to have it mirrored back to me in my balance and and my equanimity, and I can say these things, right? Yeah. For the for the ones who have the ears to hear, and the, eyes, <laughs> the, to the eyes to see, you know, yeah, they'll get it. 
Because the fact is, like, we can present all the facts and data in the world, but a lot of the falling apart is happening because it needs to fall apart. That's right. And like, are we, and I loved that too about the retreat was that there came a point where Jamie was saying, you know, if this has happened, if this has happened, if this, he lists like a laundry <laughs> list of things that have happened. And I was just like, I said, I'm like, oh man, are you talking about my life? Because this is how I'm walking in the room, yeah. literally, like just at this place where I have done deep study in an inquiry into my own self coming in so that I can be out. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I can be in bloom of the, hmm. of the essence that I am mm -hmm. without trying to pretend I'm a daisy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because we're, you're so not a daisy. Oh my gosh. You're a peony. If I ever saw one. I'm a peony. <laughs> Maybe a rose. I'm a rosy peony. Oh my gosh. It was really a profound, um, profound experience that we both had. And I mean, on just so many levels, not just the, the external levels, but the internal things, the internal shifts, the internal awakenings, the noticings, the, the parts that matter, the being, yeah, all the things that matter. Exactly. Yeah. And what to take and what to take away and put in the world from it. Right. Cause it's not like, okay, here's all your week of of uh, feeling great and mental masturbation. Now go back to your life and resume as was. No, I actually stepped back into my life and I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And like, and, and knowing that there's a purpose. There is a purpose. There's a, like, there's a deep purpose. I have needed to be so still. I needed to be so absolutely still and yeah. absolutely quiet so that I could put my own self together. Mm. And I couldn't do that in the noise of the world. Yeah. With the race war and the canceling of like, oh, if you're not doing this, then you're like this. Exactly. And if you don't do this, then, then you're, you're that. This. And the blame and the shame and the All of it. dishonor and the, and, you know, really getting clear about what the appointment is. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. And we, we woke, woke up, up like, like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> We do that all the time. And people will be like, did you guys plan that? We're like, no, we just, it just happens. It's just how our energy is. It's how we roll. Yes. And um, we're so excited about the community, about you, everybody listening, about people sharing and contributing, about getting in, in circles, about drumming together and chanting together and crying together and, and laughing together. together. Like all, all of it, of it. all yeah. of the embodiment practices, all of the releasing of everything that is untrue, everything that's a miscreation, everything that's a story that you're still holding on to. Misidentification, those things. Right? That we're, as a child, we're stamped with these stories. We're told this is the story of who you are. Most of which, maybe you don't even hear it externally. Maybe you just make it up about yourself because it's what's being reflected to you. Yeah. And that you keep in carrying that story forward into your whole life. And then every all of your relationships become a validation of this story. And it's all there to heal you if you can look at it from fresh eyes and stop looking at it from the outside in and instead right. look at it as I've created out. this. Yes. And with, I remember with, um, when you and I were standing there with Carisha and Sarah and they were singing and I said, Celia, look at our mirrors. I know. It was so powerful. It was beautiful. Because they are, they have to be two of the most beautiful, soulful, authentic human beings I've 
ever had the pleasure of knowing. Me too. And then, and also that that divine sisterhood that they have is what we have. I know. And, and it, just to be in communion with that, I yes. was like, wow! For the first time in my life, this is how I know. Meeting them, right, and being with you in the way that I get to be with you speaks to the amount of work that I have done to be who I am now, mm. and to be able to hold in my own uprightness what I know to be true and to be in virtuous relationship yes. with what is true. Yeah. And I will just like, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have gone to the camp for all the ways that opened up for me to be there for um, Jamie doing the level of work that Jamie does mm. in his own self. It's beautiful. Because yeah. he's a holder. He is a holder. He is a holder. Yeah, most definitely. And his beautiful wife, Julie, Julie, who is absolutely, they're like the J and J, right? They are J, 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 yeah. J, J, the, the J, J. Um, uh, just seeing how she holds him, you know, and being witness to that yeah. and divine um, union of what it means to be in a relationship where it's, and, and you know, you also have that with Chris, the tiger hunter and how he holds you. <laughs> and I just love witnessing how the masculine plays with the feminine and the gifts that show up because they choose to play. Yeah. And inform each other and how they inform each other. And there's, it's not in the space of competition. It's not, not in comparison. It is in absolute love and, um, like I'm side by side with my partner. Yes. I'm not walking in front of her. Exactly. I am not walking in back of her. I'm walking straight beside her. And if we got to jump through some shit, we're going to jump through the shit. We're going to hold hands. It. One, two, three, jump. Right. If we're going <laughs> to dance to the music, we're going to mm. dance to the music. Yeah. We're going to cry. We're going to cry. Like just having the availability to be, um, and witness and present to that was just so absolutely gorgeous. And then have it to be mirrored back to me, women and women, right? Yes, like, yes. And Divine, just like to be around. Fem friendships. Yes. In the virtuous expression. In the virtue. So th what we mean by that is that uh, Jamie had pointed out the three levels of friendship. The first is transactional friendships. The second is Hedonist. hedonistic friendships. Yes. And the third is virtuous friendships. Yes. The ones that feed your soul. And that uphold your virtues. That's right. Yeah. And you uphold the virtues in others. And they ref yeah. they reflect back and bring back. And and if you go with the uh, via character, all of those 24 virtues are circling around. All the time. All the time in each other. Mm -hmm. And that we can, and then when we can uphold the highest virtues in each other yeah. and love and respect them for what they are. And yeah, to get to experience that with two other women just made me really recognize that I'm like, Yes, I want to create a whole community of people who feel this. Yes, who and, feel their and we're own up power. to that. And we are up to that, yeah. where they feel their power and get to look at other women and go, oh my gosh, look at my mirror. Mirror, mirror, on mirror, the mirror. Wall. We said earlier in this conversation, if you spot it, you got it. And I yeah. say that also about good qualities. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the negative things you spot, no. you got it. It's also the good and the beautiful. Oh, and to that point, I would just like to say that I feel a tide shifting here where um, rather than talking about the negative, like to be in the space of the positive and yes. it's just like, what am I experiencing 
or, you know, maybe there's a piece of me that needs the recognition of that negative quality so that I'm not denying it any longer. I'm in a space of acceptance and cooperating with it. And then what opens because I do that? Yes. Right? Like I can see somebody else's humanity in myself. Absolutely. And I can love deeply without any ramifications of like, that person needs to be different in order for me to love it. It doesn't become transactional. It becomes the virtuous because I've opened to the virtue of myself. Mm, And that is like, what? (laughs) I mean, super grateful for Camp Omega. Me too. With all those alphas. With all the alphas. (laughs) And Celia and I decided that with the point and purpose of our podcast and the work that we create, that we'll, we would create takeaways in one of three categories. And we said that they would be awakening tools for awakening tools for healing and tools for alchemy. That's right. And that all three of those are always working simultaneously and in conjunction with each other. What are you awakening in you? What are you healing within you? And therefore alchemizing to take it higher. To take to, it higher. Yes. And the greatest, to, or to take it out into the world in a new way. If you think about it, like everything in our forgiveness is alchemy. For ourselves and for others as yeah. well. You're alchemizing. You're alchemizing. And anytime you transmute something, if you transmute your trauma into triumph, that's the ultimate alchemy. Indeed. Hate into love. Here we are. Alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. Regret, guilt, shame into forgiveness alchemy it's all an alchemical journey it's all an and it also journey. changes our phys- physiology 100 that's why it's alchemical exactly yeah and then our body changes our minds change uh, i'm i mean we're literally working from the inside out and there are there are, are ways in which to access and heal without any pain we don't have to have it be painful and i feel like that's um so much of where I'm at with this, when I'm talking about trauma work and healing your trauma, if you're a person who's already like I was, right, you've gone to how many therapists, you've read all of these damn books, you've done all these things, and it's not transmuted, it's not transformed, it's, it's not, not doing changed. you, you're doing it. It's time to stop telling the story yeah. of your trauma, and it's time to repattern and reprogram your cellular structure and your mind. And that's the game we're playing. And that is the game we're playing. Yes. And I'm so excited to be on it because guess what? I've done it. Me too. And so I know that it can be done. And that it's a continual work. It is a continual process. There's no there to get to. No, it's right here, right now. It's present here, right here, right now. It's not in the past. Yes. It's not in the future. It's right this moment. And it's a choice. Do you think that... um, Do I think or do I feel? Do you feel and think that when you're doing the work of healing traumas that you get to the point, will all the traumas be healed? And then do you begin from a spring off point of pure creation in life? No. Or do you always create from a place of trauma? Oh, I don't think that we actually create from our trauma. I mean, I think that we can. But I think it's in service to healing the trauma. See, so when I started the bedding business, this is what came forward for me. At this camp, right? Like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, I have to go to bed, but I'm like, why do I need to go to bed? And it it dawned on me this whole time. One, my trauma took place first in bed, right? Somebody came into my room, somebody touched me, 
you know, there's this yeah. whole, there's this whole conversation that I've had about being in bed. Well, the bed I got to sleep in at the camp was a twin size bed. And the bed that I had my experience in was a twin size bed when I was seven. And so it was like, I got to come back to my seven-year-old self and understanding that this whole time, all these beds that I have made, all this luxury bedding that I have produced and manufactured has been in service to getting back to the tenderness that lives inside of me. Mm. And that's been the point. That's beautiful. So it's like, I can trace that thread all the way back, but it showed up at the camp in making a self-honoring choice of not going to that afternoon experience of a keto. Well, well, I know how to fight. <laughs> Hold my hoops. <laughs> Just kidding. We're skilled fighters. Yeah. Right. Because I've been fighting my whole life. Yeah. However, the disconnection of being present to my tenderness there in that space, in the space of my own sex, in my sex, in my little body, but being able to embody it and have it be that I can be tender in my sex. Mm. I can be tender in my heart. I can be, I can offer the tender. I'm trusted with tender things. Yeah. Like what? Honestly, oh, I have the chills. Yeah. Just, just in, in that, like that piece is so juicy to me. I love that. Yeah. And then being able to offer the tenderness and have that be my ultimate strength. Mm. Like the strength of my heart lies in my tenderness. Wow, I really love that. While you were chanting at the river, that's what showed up for me. And I went to the river to experience freedom. And it's not the freedom of escape. It's the freedom of total presence with what is. And like that deep dropping in of um, appreciation and gratitude and awe for nature and being a part of everything, feeling it's you. a part of it. Yes. And that very much of a, the presence. So I, I always, I've been contemplating more and more my four spheres of my gene key, the, the main genius sequence, right? And they are presence, majesty, freedom, and transparency. And the more I'm, and then they go all ways, right? The more I'm transparent, the more freedom I experience. Therefore, the more majesty I experience and the more presence I experience. It goes from the bottom up, right? It's so, it's a fascinating practice to be deep in that contemplation of what does that feel like? What does it mean? And it's that sense of stepping into the, well, the everything happening all at once right now, right here, right where I am that I can take in. Mm. Fascinating. I'm so glad that we went. I am too. It was a beautiful exercise in receiving. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything that you want to add or takeaways that we can give to people for the practice for this week, since we're not doing way of mastery, which we will return next week? I think, um, I think this week it's about making self-honoring choices. And if it feels good, do it. And if it doesn't say no. And not from a hedonistic feel good. No, not from hedonistic feel good. Not, not at all. It's more about checking in at the soul level and does this serve my highest purpose? And, you know, it's really fascinating because I'm like, that's why I love teaching the way that I teach, right? And and not even teach. I'm taking the word teach out. The way that I facilitate and guide expressive practices because those those permissions to play, 
the permission to express in a safe environment that energy carries over into outside of life so that now one can be in touch with what that intuitive uh, guidance or push or pull or drop in feels like. Yes. Well, because we forget. That's, a, that's an attunement. Yeah, it's an attunement. Yes. So yeah. just being present to the attunement yeah. of what it is that's calling mm -hmm. and saying yes, clear yes or clear no. And I, so for my practice for people, the easiest thing that you could ever do that's changed my life, it's free. You can do it anywhere on the planet is just simply chanting the awe. Shall we do it now? And let's do it. We're going to do it with you guys. And my recommendation is that you practice doing this and you do it for at least 10 minutes a day. Do it in your car. It's going to feel weird because it does two things. One, it, you're deep breathing, right? You're practicing deep breathing automatically. You're toning your vagal nerve mm -hmm. with, with your, your voice. Your vagus nerve is so important. Yep. It runs through your entire body. It does. And it controls your fight or flight. And if you can master this right here, like this has been my practice. Mm -hmm. I do it through essential oil work and massage. All kinds of ways. And yes, how, how I started doing it. And then like the chanting took it to a whole nother level of expression. It does. It's so beautiful because it is outward expression. It's not just tending to the body. Right. It's literally tending to all levels of consciousness and it pulls all your energy centers presence in my experience. It does. It well, brings I'm you like, instantly. I'm not a present. sound expert like you. Well, <laughs> that you just said exactly what it does. It brings you present into your body. It brings you present into your experience. We are vibrational beings. And when you're doing it, what's really fascinating is when you start this practice is that um, I've been doing it for almost a year now, only a year. And yeah. doing this practice has been the most transformative thing I've ever brought into my life because now I'm sounding myself from the inside out. And therein lies the whole jam from the inside, inside out, out. not from the outside in, right. but from the inside out. You'll notice that your voice changes over time. You start overtone singing. Like it sounds like someone singing with you and you're like, you is that are, and it's, yeah, yeah, so it's just a beautiful. The practice. universe is coming through, and so this is the, this is the this is the invitation for you is this week to, as Celia said, notice what's a yes, what's a no, ask, definitely ask, ask, and, and then you can ask to be shown mm -hmm. signs, um, symbols, and synchronicities. Syn that's right. I was just going to say I ask every day for the signs, symbols, synchronicities, the right conversations, the music. Whatever it is that would inspire, inspire my spirit. And then to just chant ah for 10 minutes a day. And we're going to chant ah. Shall we do three breaths? I was just saying three. Going to say three breaths. Yes. yes. And we're going to leave you with that. And we love you. Yes. Thank and, you so much. And thank you for being present with us and listening to what we have to offer. And I hope that this conversation of our experience this week has inspired you um, let you know that you're on the right path. I hope that a word or something we said dropped in as a sign, symbol, synchronicity, confirmation, affirmation, that you too are on the right path. And shall we at the end um, uh, in this particular podcast, put the links to uh, the Camp Omega yeah, yeah. And to the Flow Genome Project. Yes. And like that way you can check out all the players that we're talking about <laughs> for your own, you know, if you want all that information, you can have it. Yeah, it'll all be dropped at the bottom of this podcast. And then, of course, a link to our website, wewokeuplikethis.com, 
where you can join our email list and we'll let you know as soon as we get our community app launched. Which is exciting. We're working on it. And now it's time for our awe. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. listening to we woke up like this don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast oh and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question and go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the soul awakened community see you next time bye bye